Yes, it's that time of year again. Of course, we love WKRP all year long, but especially now as we get closer to Thanksgiving and recall that incredibly funny episode. Did you know we have five different WKRP designs, including three different Turkey Drop-inspired ones? Simply go to CincyShirts.com and type WKRP into the search bar and have a look. Use the promo code at the end of this episode to save 20% on your entire order online or in-store. Now, on with the show. WKRP in Cincinnati. This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. After the Janet Jackson thing, when they really just cracked down on everybody, okay, we had new management at that point. They were like, you're really going to have to tone your act down. Because we, we, as far as I was concerned, we were dirtier than Stern. It was, there was some pretty gross stuff on that show. If you're of a certain age, you remember Eddie from the Dawn Patrol on WEBN, and or you listen to him now on WLW in the afternoons. Eddie sits down and talks with us about some of the crazy things that went on during his WEBN days. Being paired with Tracy Jones, there's T, and his love of stand-up comedy. I didn't realize he was great friends with a lot of stand-up comedians, uh, not just our own Josh Sneed. All right, so uh, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now let's talk to Eddie Fingers. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati She came down Cincinnati Just maybe think of me once in a while I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati So in in our studio today, this is a this is a special treat for me. Because he, I know he's a man. Some would call him the myth. He's for sure a legend. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Eddie Fingers on the Cincinnati Cincy Shirts podcast. Yeah, right on. Thanks for being it, here, man. It, it's great to be here. I mean, when when did I meet you? How the tables have turned. Yeah. So it's he, funny. It is funny that it is this going on this way because I met you. I'll never forget. Um, you were just starting out. I know that. Just started out doing comedy. I was emceeing for Monique. Oh, who yeah. Who was a favorite of your show. Yep. And uh, you guys were still on Frog Mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, she asked me if I wanted to go in. And I was like, the Dawn Patrol? Like, <laughs> so this is, this is probably this is probably 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. 20. Easily, yeah. And... Uh, because I've been doing comedy 20 and a half years. So it's probably right around 20 years from now. I would now. say 20, because you had barely started. Yeah. And, and I was, got okay. to go in and meet you guys. And was that when we um, we ended up at the Halloween party? That's right. You came to the Halloween I did. party. Oh, fortuitous. So, yeah, it, was a, it was a yeah. friend of mine. Yes, who, it was. Yeah. yeah, who had a Halloween party up there real close to the club. Indian That's when Hill. the bone yep. was in... Um, was it was still go bananas? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a go bananas. Yeah, it was still yeah. go bananas. Yeah, and uh, so I was like, and I didn't think these guys would come over, and I'm just like going, you know, and I, I like Monique a lot. And I was like, why don't you guys go over? My buddy's having a Halloween party right down the street. She was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> do you mind me bringing these guys? And I was like, hell, the more the merrier. I'll never forget that night. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. We're recording this on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. And it was on Halloween. Yeah, what are the odds of that? So I remember because Go Bananas was one of the few comedy clubs that that asked the comedians to dress up for Halloween. Oh yeah. So I um, I was Austin Powers. Yep. I had gone to Capels and rented a cost like an authentic like velvet suit. Right. Oh, absolutely. That was. <laughs> and, oh, man, uh, that I had was the big. teeth and the yeah. hair. And uh, and the feature act was Kostaki Economopolis. Kostaki. Who, went, who was a pirate. Okay. I, I'll never forget this night. <laughs> and then Monique never dressed up. She just wore like a black 
sort of spooky revealing outfit. Yeah, uh, Monique. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she dressed as Monique. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, her typical Sunday best. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so we go to this party. She says, do you want to go to a party? We were invited by Eddie Fingers. Yeah. Do you want to go to a party after the show? And I was like, oh my gosh, of course. <laughs> this is Indian Hill. This is like Cincinnati royalty. Yeah. So we go to this party and... I'll never. This is a part that I'll never forget. Kostaki takes a couple hits of the Mary Joe. Yeah, there was a, a little of the weed floating around, and stumbled upon a un, untouched Frisch's <laughs> yeah. pumpkin pie. Oh man, that's, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and they had cut it. They had cut it not in like pie slices, but in like tiny squares, so that there could be. <laughs> You know, it could feed like fifty people. Right. <laughs> so if you just put like a toothpick and, and get no your one bite. Is, no one is near the table except Kostaki now that he's high. And he goes over and he takes one bite. And I'll never forget this. He's just like, This is the best pumpkin pie that I've ever had. And for the rest of the night, you would just be talking to somebody. Kostaki never left the, the side of the pumpkin pie. For the rest of the night, you'd be talking. And then you'd just hear him in the background by himself in the corner going, is that, is that nutmeg? Like he's trying to guess like every ingredient in the, I will never forget that night. Yeah. No, that's that's so legendary. Funny. My friends still talk about that. Oh my know? gosh. It's like Austin Powers. What are you going to do to eat all the pumpkin pie? <laughs> <laughs> he, he married and then divorced Caroline Ray, had a child with now, her. Is that right? And he's uh, married to a photographer now and they have oh. another, yeah, we're. We're friendly on the on the facing book, and uh, he's been on my podcast a bunch, yeah, like three or four times. Yeah, he does. so great. Really? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, such a great writer. Does a lot of football but... comedy now. With the, that's a big thing for him. He does the football memes. His wife, he writes them. His wife designs them, and uh, little football jokes with uh, quick snaps. He he developed a huge following for for being a regular on Bob and Tom, like yeah. the okay. weekly regular right, yeah. having a segment. Right. And uh, now he just tours and books his own shows in his own venues. That's yep. the way you get I, I mean, mean those it's, guys who do that, man. That's he's, nuts. He's good I, people. I got, I got a quick story about it's Carolyn Ray. What's yeah. That? yeah. Yeah. She, um, Henley, you know, who's a very good friend of, of mine. I knew he'd come up. I was just Vic, a matter Vic, of how fast. Vic Henley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he was opening for her up in Dayton. At. Um, to, what was the club out next Jokers. to the Dayton Mall? Is that Jokers? Yeah. So he's a Jokers opening for her. So I took, um, that's when I was single. thought I took a date, but I didn't. So he and I are hanging out in the green room, and then she comes in and is sitting around, and I'm like, Jesus, Henley, I'm in love. <laughs> I'm seriously in love. He's like, Buddy, I've known you a long time. I've never seen you like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great impression. And, I, and uh, I was like, he goes, I got to tell you, she's a little nuts. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I'm used to crazy women. Uh, it never went anywhere, but God, I was smitten. I don't even remember wow. why. Yeah. Well, I was young world. and I was not too long divorced. So, man, I was prowling. There wow. You go. So... So what is your your history prior to Dawn Patrol? Did you grow up here? I'm from Dayton. Okay. And uh, went to UD and did radio. That's where I started in radio. It was at UD, at VUD for anybody who remembers old Dayton radio. And uh, out of college, I came here to SAIFM, which is still it's 94.1. We were that signal in, or those call letters in. And uh, so I worked there for a year, got fired. I was doing, I was production director. <laughs> Hold on, no, time out. Why did you get fired? I was production director. I wasn't uh, that good at it. Oh, I, mean, okay. I, I was pretty good at it. Yeah. But then they started piling on, you know, they wanted me to do what's called continuity. And a quick explanation of that uh, for the listener is that you have to schedule all this stuff and keep track of all this stuff and coordinate all this stuff. And I'm like, well, that's not what I do. Because they were just trying to keep everybody with work. Yeah. Well, when I kind of faltered at that, it was out. I just feel like you or or Bob or somebody, when someone says, I got fired, like, I have to know There's what the more story to it. is yeah, right yeah. away. Yeah, that's a kind of There's a boring fired comes, story. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's a program change. Sometimes. Right. There's more to yeah. it. <laughs> but, but everybody, 
but all the guys there liked me a lot. And, and I was just a pup fresh out of college. So this guy helped get me a job at an ad agency. So I became the production guy at an agency. I did that for a year. And as you can see, I was on a real roll. It went bankrupt. And uh, the guy closed the uh, agency down on the first day of summer. And I, I took that as a sign to just waste my summer away. I was living with my girlfriend at the time. She had a full-time job. So uh, what year is this roughly? What, what time? This would have been uh, summer of 81. Okay. Um, so... I just hung out that summer and uh, let my girlfriend support us. And then I got, a, I just, I really wanted to get back into radio. And I got um, hired to do part time and fill ins down at WQMF in Louisville by Tom Owens, who ended up hiring me at EBN. He, Tom Owens hired me at SAI, he hired me at uh, QMF, and he ended up hiring me here at EBN. So we were great friends. So I went to uh, Louisville, and I would go back and forth on the weekends, and then I got uh, a job offer to do the same job up in Cleveland. Well, I always wanted to be in Cleveland, because my girlfriend was from up there, and I always loved MMS. Like, yeah. That's, I mean, I, I, and I'm, I'm totally willing to admit the fact that I robbed those guys blind. I mean, <laughs> I would listen... Jeff and Flash. Jeff and Flash, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cleveland guy right here. Oh, yeah. really? So, yeah. yeah. That, so well, you know, Matt the right Cat now. and all those guys, Kid Leo and, and uh, Denny and, uh, Sanders. Over on the AM side, uh, uh, Larry Morrow and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, all yeah. these guys. Yeah. That's uh, uh, Paul Tapier. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. But I worked at M105, the competition, and um, I just wanted to be in Cleveland. So I got in there, and I, I don't know if anybody remembers a guy named Alan Sells who was in this market for a while. And so Sells let me sleep on his floor. <laughs> so I was there. The, the right time to be in Cleveland, I was uh, in the in the middle of winter, dead of winter. <laughs> I moved there. Well, let's put it this way. I watched the Freezer Bowl in Louisville. I watched the Super Bowl in Cleveland. That's when it, that was a transition. And my buddy lived right on the lake shore, and the lake was frozen solid. And I've never been so cold in my life. I'm like, what the hell am I doing in Cleveland? Why did I always want to come here? <laughs> so anyway, so I worked there through uh, the middle of spring, and that's when I got the call from McConnell. He was starting up 96 Rock oh. and changing that format. And so he brought uh, me and Cells down to do... Um, I was doing production and a two-hour midday shift. And his wife was doing mornings, Mary Kuzan. And Mary was pregnant and got her... It was a freak accident with a runaway dog. She was out walking her dog, and this dog went right through her leg, blew out her ligaments. So she was in a total... She's like... Seven and a half, eight months pregnant in a total leg cast. And he's like, man, do me a favor and do mornings for a while. Was McConnell PD or was... Yeah, he was PD. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And uh, I, I didn't use these exact words, but it was more or less, you're going to be freaking crazy to think that I'm going to do mornings. He's like, just do it for a month. Do me a favor blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, fine. Uh, that was the last time I didn't do mornings until I started LW. Because then I stayed on the morning show after she came back. He goes, you sound good on the mornings. And so uh, I was like, whatever. <laughs> and um, so it was me and Larry Davis. Remember Larry Davis, the news guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Larry and I, he was the he was my news guy. And uh, so McConnell decided he needed to jazz it up a little bit. So there was a guy who had worked up at the at M105 where I worked in Cleveland named Marty. Uh, his name is Marty Sobel on the air up there. So I was like, you know, I hear Sobel's unemployed. So he calls Sobel. He comes down here and interviews him. And he's like, yeah, I like this guy a lot. I want to pair you guys up. 
and he tells uh, Marty, he goes, I don't, I don't like the Sobel thing, you know, what, what else you got? He goes, well, I thought I've, I've thought about being Marty Bender. And uh, he was like, perfect. Their Bender and Fingers were born. So we worked together for like three years, and we had some uh, pretty riotous times. That's where the whole Eddie Fingers attitude came from. I learned a lot from Marty, honestly. Wow. Because we had a lot of fun, and he was a great ad-libber. What were you like before that, before that you assumed that? sort of personality was it the same thing just toned down or yeah was like the, the, I, you know i was always i came from the school of you know when i was doing college radio it was all right that's uh so <laughs> joni mitchell <laughs> and that was one of the days it'd be like and you'll always back title every song oh so, yeah so that's a little joni there there was a uh, ted nugent before that uh, Beastie Boys and uh, <laughs> Abba. And I'd be like, oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> but you'd always, you know, the old school. Sure, you sure. Know, and always like that. And so, but with Marty, we both started, he, he taught me to really let let it let go and start doing like a little bit of, he, he was good at characters. I was not all, all that good. But we were, I mean, we were like Bob and Ray. We would do these fake interviews. We would invent scenarios. And then uh, I would ask him questions, and he would, off the book, ad-lib answers. And he, and he was doing, like, were you trying to make people think it was a real interview that was just funny? Or did people, like, everybody know it was Oh, everybody, you had to know. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was like a like a, you know... Phil Hendry or something. No, was like it was a, uh, no, it was it. It was very crude. Okay, I mean not crude humor. I mean it was this. Uh, the implementation of it was crude. Yeah. We didn't know what we were. <laughs> we didn't call it ad. You know, right. we weren't freestyling. We just thought it was. You were just calling from the control room kind of thing, right? Yeah, we yeah. were just making each other laugh more right. or less. Yeah, I mean like what? There, I don't know why this sticks in my mind. For instance. If you believe that Pete's Periscope Emporium was real, then, <laughs> then you would have believed this interview. But just silly crap like that. And I don't know if you guys remember this. Marty, Q102 did a thing on top of the well, then Coliseum where they had a box up there. And you had to guess what was in the box. I feel like I do remember that. Sounds yeah, I was, my time. it was pretty well known. And... Uh, so obviously it's a virtual thing. They're going to give clues until you somebody finally guesses. Well, that's when Randy Michaels was in charge of this station. So he comes to me and Bender and was like, "Have either one of you guys ever been arrested?" <laughs> and I couldn't say no to that. <laughs> <laughs> Marty goes, "No, I've never been." He goes, "Well, I have an idea." So he goes, that box on top of the Coliseum, you know there's nothing in it, right? They're just given these clues and you have to figure it out. And that's right when we got helicopter traffic. So he goes, well, Marty, since you're going to go to jail, and I don't want to, if Eddie's been arrested before, I don't want him involved in this. We're going to take you in the helicopter. He's going to drop you on the roof at like 4.30 in the morning, and you're going to go there and put yourself in that box with a, that's when the, a cell phone was like one of those yeah. briefcase yeah, things yeah. that looked like, uh, you know, an old World War II walkie-talkie, <laughs> yeah. you know. Oh, right. in from the exactly. top of the <laughs> Exactly. And uh, Marty was like, I was like, Marty, you game? He was like, yeah, I guess. So, yeah, so I go on the air and I make this big thing about, has anybody seen Marty? You guys know where Marty's at? Give me a call if you know where Marty Bender is. Yada, yada, yada. I had people from the station calling, where's Marty at? What are you doing? And uh, so all of a sudden, around about 7.30, Marty calls. And uh, I was like, Marty, where are you? <clears throat> and uh, he's like, I don't know. I'm outside on a rooftop or something. And, and I don't, uh, there's like writing here. And it's like 201Q? Well, I don't. I was like, Marty? You're inside the box on top of the Coliseum. My God. Because you're reading it backwards. 
he's like, and he pokes his head out. He goes, "Oh my God, Ed, you're right." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a minute, we solved who's in what's in the box." So I was like, "Call Q102 right now and say that Marty Bender is in the box." <laughs> they were uh, they were a little hot about it, <laughs> and Marty did go to jail. <laughs> he did go to jail. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was. Randy had a uh, an attorney ready to go, <clears throat> so he did like he was in jail for about an hour or two, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, just I mean crazy stuff like that. And again, that's I mean back to your original point is where did that attitude come from? And I, and I learned a lot of that from Randy Michaels too. It was just like let it go, man. Just be as crazy as you want to be. And uh, and you guys both know enough about. The Dawn Patrol, that was the attitude of that show. That's what I brought to that show. So what was the Dawn Patrol, or what was EBN like before the Dawn Patrol? Were you, did you guys take over for someone else? Or did you? was that a like you started something new? With Robin and I? Yeah. Well, she was worth working with Craig Cobb. Oh, yeah. And I came over in 85. And... Um, so they wanted to jazz that show up. So Craig just started doing Strictly the News, and they partnered me with Robin. Because she was like seven months pregnant, and she was going to go on a maternity leave, obviously, within yeah. a couple of months. So they wanted somebody who could take over the show <clears throat> and while she was gone. And so what, what, was, what was it like before you got there, and then when was the decision made of what it eventually evolved, evolved into? Um. Well, it was like kind of the old school thing I'm talking about, Romello, yeah. and oh, okay. uh, you know, I mean, they, so it was a total flip when when you went to what? Correct. We well, it didn't. Yeah. That it evolved Gradual. into that because yeah. I I thought it'd be, and I, and I think my judgment was right to just go over there and think I was going to flip the culture on my own would that would cause a lot of resentment and. But that was the plan. That was the plan to v- yeah, eventually yeah. get there. And that's what, and that's what Bo, uh, when he hired me, was like, "I got to jazz this thing up, man," because you guys are killing us. And we weren't in the ratings, but he was like, "Your attitude." Well, see, he had uh, Ron and Terry down at QMF down in Louisville, who were one of the original. They were like Ron, uh, Bob and Tom before Bob and Tom. So he goes, "I want more Ron and Terry on this show," and I'm not getting it. So. Well, what was EBN's history like? How long had it even been around? It it had been around a long time. Late 60s, I think. Yeah, 67. Okay. They were one of the original FMs. And um, so, yeah, I didn't come on board until 85. And it always kills me for people to. I'm like, Jesus, I'm not that old. People are like going, I remember you in 69. I'm like, I was 11. It's hilarious. It does yeah. seem like you've always been there, though, if you're of a certain age, because yeah. you're listening to the radio. It's like, you know. Well, like, yeah, that's I, why I asked. Like, like, it's like I was a kid, and that's what I remember. Well, it's that's the standard. Yeah. My partner now, Rocky Boyman, is uh, he's like, dude, I listened to you all through high school, and da da da. And he's 40 now. Yeah. But I, you know, and one of the things I get is he used to kill my kids in uh, in high school. That, like, every other teacher would be like, I hear your dad's Eddie Fingers. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. They got kind of fed up. And, uh, like, tell them I used to listen to him in high school. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> well, now, I, now I get people are saying, when I meet young people, they go, oh, my mom and dad listened to you in high school. They're always <laughs> telling me. I'm like, great. Thanks. Well, I mean, it was a time where, in general, like, radio personalities and even even i would say local tv personalities i mean i've talked about my crush on norma rashid multiple yeah. times right here <laughs> um but to be like a local celebrity you you transcended even that i mean you you were on billboards you were on tv right. you were the guy that was hosting the fireworks that even the little kids were watching right, and right, and, right. and you were the guy on the most popular radio show i mean it was like it didn't well, get bigger than you around here. Uh, I, I will tell you this, that um, I will give all the credit to the marketing that that radio station did of that morning show. I mean, some of those, uh, you probably weren't here, and you were probably too young. But when we when I first started there, 
there were like five years of really some of the most brilliant uh, ads produced in local television in a long time. I mean, they were like tiny movies. So all the credit in the world to that for getting that thing started. And then that just encouraged you to take it. And, and Bo kept giving me shit about, you know, oh, come on, man, you got to get... So his daughter was an intern there, and uh, there was a bunch of us having lunch one day, and she she said to me, she goes, you know, my dad kind of is a little disappointed in you right now. He, he really wants you to take it up. He thinks you're being a bit of a puss. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, does he now? <laughs> Well, that's <laughs> that's that's that let the cat out of the bag because once I heard that, I'm like, "All right, you want it, man." And I just went and now I'm going to eleven. So and and we did and didn't look back. Wow! And that was probably about eighty eighty eight because that's when because with Rob, I didn't I didn't want to ups, upset Robin by taking it too far. I was actually being respectful of somebody who I really love to death. And uh, so I didn't want to go too crazy because I knew she wasn't comfortable with it. Well, once they put the pressure on me, I was like, well, screw it. All right. Balls to the wall. It always seemed like, like and I came here in 93. Yeah. And by that, it seemed like she was always kind of the voice of reason. She kind of played yeah. that role on that. Correct. And that's that. what we developed yeah. into, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And and she was she was, she was tired of doing it. To be honest with you, she was still she was still great at it. Obviously, I mean, you can't defeat that voice, but uh, great pipes, yeah. And she uh, and she could see where it was heading, and I think she was just kind of fed up. I mean, like I said, we really loved each other to death, but she just didn't feel comfortable doing it anymore. I mean, when you got two eight year old kids and you're doing dick jokes, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though I did <laughs> when. Was there a point that you felt like you you had crossed a line that you couldn't come back from? Or was there a point where, like, because I remember vaguely, like, news stories of, like, you guys got in trouble for billboards or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was, was there a specific incident or incidents you remember of, like, <coughs> man, maybe. Not really. No? Honestly. After the Janet Jackson thing, when they really just cracked down on everybody, okay? I was like, we had new management at that point. They were like, you're really going to have to tone your act down. Because we were, we, as far as I was concerned, we were dirtier than Stern. It was, there was some pretty gross stuff on that show. <laughs> and uh, I had a girl peeing in the trash. So a porn star came in and she was like, her specialty was uh, just that. <laughs> the, the water thing. And uh, I, was like, how, I was like, how do you pee on command? She goes, watch this. And she goes out of the trash can. And I'm like, well, by golly, she's peeing in the trash can. And uh, so we used to do stuff like that. And, uh, but anyways, this instance, I, I, I okay, we're going to have to calm it down. Well, it's when Channel 12, I don't know if you guys remember over there for a little bit, we're doing, this is probably about, Shoot, this might have been 20 years ago. They did their show from Fountain Square, their morning show from Fountain Square. And for a little I bit. I don't remember and they had And they had windows that opened onto Fountain Square. Well, they hadn't been doing it very long. And Channel 12, for whatever reason, hated uh, hated our show. <laughs> well, they were still aligned with Q then. I was going to say. And, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so Bob was down there, of course, with the... Uh, bunch of people and we were paying people to act a fool and <laughs> behind them you know yeah it'd be like here's 50 bucks if you'll do do blah 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 so bob, bob was laughing to some lady and goes i'll give you 50 bucks if you show your boobs <laughs> and it just so happened they were on camera and this girl Flashes. I think I, mean, I do remember yeah, this now. Like right behind Cammy Durkey or whatever he's doing the morning show. And I'm like, and I was laughing when it happened. But then, I mean, immediately I thought, I looked at Bill Bangard, who was my news guy. He was on the other side of the glass. He's great. Both of us went, oh, and I was like, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we got called on the carpet by corporate for that. I, 
I was pretty sure we were going to get fired, but they they let us off the hook. Talk more about the the team that you had because it seems like I don't know. I don't know. I feel like my memories of listening to it was you were obviously the ringleader, but everyone had their own time to be right. a character on the team, you know, right, right. wild man and Bob and yeah. Bill and like everybody. Right. Was that always the plan? I mean, that, yeah, that, that it would be like a, a sh- it's almost like it's a show, right? Like it's a, exactly. An, an That's all, what I wanted yeah. it to be. I mean, they gave us a studio that had five mics in it and a news mic and like three news mics, you know, so we could have that many people in there. And, uh, I just always wanted it to sound like, especially after Robin left, um, I just wanted it to sound like a party you were bummed out you were missing. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Every single day. Yeah. And uh, I think we achieved it pretty well. Yeah, because, you know, I feel like, you know, pre-internet, especially, that I would go on the road to comedy clubs and i would talk to people and when they find out i'm from cincinnati they would bring up webn you know and it wasn't it wasn't a place where they could hear it it was just that famous you know what i mean right right. and i just uh i always found that fascinating well you know i became a lot you you know that i mean i became became friends with a lot of those guys when they were first coming up right like i mentioned henley before i mean engvall ron white was a real good friend of mine madigan uh, even Foxworthy and I kind of became friends. So I, you know, I used to hang out with some of those guys. And but what I think that endeared them to be enjoying your show, you know, just speaking as someone who's done a lot of them, is you were always okay with not being the funniest guy in the room oh, when for, there was yeah, a comedian yeah, yeah. That's, there. That's that's what, rare. That's yeah. I, I know that. You know yeah. what? I could never figure that out. It's like, wait, you're a professional comedian. I'll get my, you know, I'll. Get, uh, I'll get my jabs in or whatnot. I'll get my line in. That's fine. But you know what? Come here. I mean, actually, I was probably more reliant on that person than anybody else because I'm like, all right, funny man, do your stuff. Yeah. I, you know, and I, get, I always gave you, you an opportunity to be. Either. That's you what I'm saying. Make us do our act. I you, gave you an opportunity to be funny. Right. You get and you gave us long enough. Yeah. Time to be yeah. funny in our yeah. own. You know what I mean? Like. The worst is when you're on the road and you're doing a comedy club and they're like, okay, we're going to this radio station, so uh, we're going to be on for one break. Give them a setup. you got to try to sell tickets in, you know, a minute and a half. And it's like, I like the shows where it's like, we're going to be here all morning. Yep. We're going to be here for a couple hours. Don't do your act. Just be funny when you feel like you got something funny to say. Well, and that was the deal. We would, um, that's the way I looked at it. I mean, if you were, if you were eating it, <laughs> you had to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for, you for coming in. You right. Can... Uh, and you remember Jeff Richards, who used to run the uh, the old bone. Jeff Jenna. Well, that was Jeff it. Richards. Jeff Rich or Jim Richards? Well, believe no, it was Jeff Richards. Yeah, I don't. But he was he was before before Jenna. Okay. And uh, so he and I got to be pretty tight, and he would know that I didn't want the comic anymore because he would always stand in the back of the studio and just kind of watch. And uh, he would know it was time for the comic to go when I'd go, so are you guys going to have a softball team this year? (laughs) (laughs) He goes, I don't know, man. These guys all say can't play softball, blah, blah, blah. And about, you know, 30 seconds later, he go, oh, wow, we got to go. I got a thing I got to do. The comic go, we just got here. Uh, sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> so. so, when did the pregnant bikini contest become a thing? Mm. Where did, where did ideas like that originate? Are you guys all sitting around thinking like, what can no, we do? No, that was uh, that was our program director, Mark Chase, at the time. Who I I think someone else had done it in another market, and uh, so he was like, you know, we need to do this. And, uh, and I thought he was nuts. I was like, nobody's going to do this. <laughs> well, I was wrong. Yeah. I used to, I remember listening to it thinking like, oh my God, what is going on with this thing? Yeah. And then I got asked to be a judge. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, who's going to 
who's going to show right. up to this? Right, yeah. And I remember driving out to Forest Fair Mall at the old, uh, what was that country western bar they had there? Oh, Bobby Mackey's. Was it? Well, no, it was, no, uh, no, no, it was not a, there. It was above the record store I worked at because the line dancing would shake yeah. the TVs. Yeah. And they had to close at 6 oh. o'clock because they thought the TVs were going to fall on customers. I forgot about that yeah. place, yeah. But I was like, what? I had no idea what I was getting into. Yeah. And I mean, obviously. When and you, you did one of the original ones if it was out there. Yeah. For sure. So it was. Uh, like you had to be at least eight months pregnant or something. Like seven, it was seven. Yeah. <laughs> so they were very all very pregnant, and all you know they all had different styles. <laughs> but it was the audience that I was just I, I'm like, who are you people that are here at <laughs> seven Cheyenne, in the morning? Cheyenne Cattle Club. Cheyenne Cattle Company. Cheyenne Cattle Company. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, who? <laughs> wow. Uh, drinking. Oh yeah, like hammered, cheering on. They, they would be. I mean, <laughs> honest to God, the, the crowd was hammered by eight easily. Oh, for sure. Because we do the we'd start the contest at like eight fifteen, get everybody just greased, <laughs> and um, this is in the morning, not eight fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, had yeah. to be there like six fifteen a.m. Yeah. or something, and. Uh, so get the crowd all and and Josh will tell you there. I mean, there were hundreds of guys there. It was yes. it was insane. It was insane. And uh, so we get up there, and I mean, some of those girls were really, you know, I'm pregnant, but I'm still damn sexy. <laughs> they would flaunt it. There were some girls who were only there because like their boyfriends slash pimp or whatever made them go. <laughs> Oh, the memories! But yeah, we we did that. We did uh, um, around Thanksgiving. We did the Wide World of Dorks. That was a thing. I don't even know where that came from. We just kind of made that up. Go to Hooters and have people doing crazy stuff. And uh, St. Patrick's Day, we always went out. And you remember Joe the Midget, right? No, we had a, a, a little guy, and he was he came and. They hired him to be a leprechaun at one of our St. Patrick's Day parties <laughs> at uh, Yucatan Liquor Stand. Another gym. Wow. Yeah, yeah, another gym. Wow. Covington Landing. Spent a lot of time in there, man. We used to do bikini contests in there. And Joe shows up, and he's like 70 years old. And uh, and I'm like, so you do the, you're, so you're a little person. You know, I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of gigs this time of year. No, not really. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, just you don't even really have to do anything. Just hang out and hand out whatever bumper stickers or some such. Well, Joe proceeded to just get just faced. And he says, like, walking along, and he just, like, plop onto the ground. I'm like, would somebody handle the midget? <laughs> I was like, we can't have this guy laying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so we kept him on. So he would show up every once in a while whenever we did uh, any kind of a thing. He, he came to my uh, my 40th birthday party. And we had a uh, we had a big time sitting around uh, Uncle Woody's getting all uh, liquored up. <laughs> Uncle Woody's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a that was a Don Patrol hang, really. Yeah. We would sit back in that fire pit and just smoke cigarettes and drink beers all day so when you when did you see that the that the dawn patrol as you we knew it and as you knew it was you know coming to like an end like a ready for a change or well they kept you know i wish i remembered the figure because i i counted up how many different people i worked with on that show and it is pretty amazing so spinal tap drummers, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Putting, yeah. I mean, <laughs> people have been in I'm going to have to write it down so I remember. But I just did it in off, you know, top of my head one day, uh, driving or something. And um, after, I want to say, because we had uh, Mojo Nixon on. The I show. wanted to ask about that. Yeah. How does Mojo Nixon get mixed up in the dawn? I know the beginning of the story. Yeah. Because I think, and you may know different than me. 
when Rob Irvin was producing the Burbank show, he's my college buddy. He pulled yeah. me in to be a writer. Sure. Yeah. Okay. He gets Mojo on somehow because Mojo's in town playing. And yep. I think in the course of that, he bumps into Willie. Willie is super impressed. We got to have this guy on our, on our right. station. Is that my... That correct? But then yeah, he that, it was guys. kind of a roundabout thing. He, uh, yeah, he came on. Uh, I mean, that's I, I remember Rob knowing him, and um, he came on our show because he was also buddies with Mr. K, who was then our midday guy. And he came over and did the show, and I was always kind of a fan of Mojo, and just had him over to do a few songs. And that's again, Mark Chase, the PD, hears him and is like going. Damn, that's pretty funny, you know, and da 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 da. So I, I, that's when Willie put him on middays on LW. Yeah, that didn't go well. No. <laughs> I tell you what, you're right. <laughs> so Chase goes to uh, Mojo after Willie basically told Mojo he was going to get fired, and uh, Chase goes, "Well, why don't you come on the morning show?" So he was like, "Sure." Well, Mojo and I hit it off immediately. And uh, he became a really good friend of mine. But it, it caused a lot of animosity on the show because Bob was real, was super sensitive to airtime and felt like he was kind of, Mojo was sucking up some of his air. Hmm. You know? Yeah, Makes yeah. sense? Yep. And uh, so I started to resent Bob, and that was causing real trouble on the show. I mean, your two main guys are kind of not well fighting really and so it made everybody else uncomfortable so the spontaneity of it all just kind of eroded and then they let mojo go and um we had a meet a staff well we had a morning show meeting about it and uh the boss said uh, okay here's the deal kgb or station out in san diego has an opening for afternoon drive and that's where mojo got his chops he goes they want to make you their afternoon drive guy and i was like okay and so i sat there for a little bit and i looked at the boss and i go so so mojo's like well i don't know what to do and uh so i stepped in and was like so if mojo doesn't go to san diego he's getting fired from here and he was like yes i was like Go to San Diego, <laughs> <laughs> and so that—that's like, and they started. That's when they hired the penthouse lady, the, the centerfold lady. Oh yeah, who was super nice, but you know she had never done radio before, and she's stepping into a real mess there. So at that stage of the game, I just saw it all eroding away, and once, uh, and once they changed the rules, where I couldn't really do my act, you know. Uh, and, and again, I was turning 50, getting ready to turn 50, and I'm thinking, man, how much longer am I going to be viable to play Metallica <laughs> and Tool and whatever? I mean, it just it doesn't feel right. So one day I was walking to the elevator, and Daryl, because they had, they had talked about putting me on LW like in the mid-90s when Gary was first talking about retiring. Okay, because remember, I were you there when I filled in for Gary, for Gary a, a couple, couple of yeah, times? Yeah, in fact, I came up for sports or rocker yeah, consequences. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. So they, my then boss said, you know, you, you sound really good, and Gary's talking about quitting, and we're, we'd love to shift you over there. And I'm like, oh, well, keep me posted. Well, 15 years later or whatever it was, yeah. 12 years later, Daryl Park stops me in the hallway and is like, oh, I've been looking all over for you, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, looking all over for me. I'm the same place every day from <laughs> 5 to 9 o'clock. And um, so I walked into the office and he goes, okay, well, Gary's uh, quitting and we're ready to uh, make you an offer. Now, where were you at that time? You were Still in Dawn Patrol right yeah, now. Yeah, okay. I was still doing the Dawn Patrol. Yeah. Okay. And, um, well, one day it was weird because of, it might have been like a week before that. It was when John Phillips was still doing our traffic. John Phillips. And uh, so I'm on getting a cup of coffee, and Phillips stops and he goes, oh, I heard a weird rumor about you. I was like, do tell. <laughs> he goes, I heard they're going to offer you the Burbank gig. And I go, that's news to me. And uh, he said, yeah, it would be you and Tracy Jones. 
and uh, and I was like, "That's stupid." <laughs> what if me and Tracy Jones I was like, "Where does this crap come from?" Good lord! And I laughed and went back in the studio. Whatever it was, we ten days later, Daryl's like, "Well, it's going to be you and Tracy Jones." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Like, I, Did you know Tracy at the no, time? Uh-uh. No, I I met him a couple of times briefly. And so, what really was that him. like to just hit a reset button on a on a new format with a new right. partner? And well, you know, I mean, you'd been around that building long enough to know what yeah, yeah, I you knew were getting the, into. I, I knew but, all the guys, yeah. yeah. But well, I got off on the wrong foot because when the, it was right before. Christmas, when we were all taking Christmas vacation. And uh, that's when Daryl told me. So he's like, well, they don't want you to say anything about leaving the Dawn Patrol. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, I can't say goodbye to these people who have listened to me forever. No. And uh, so I go to my PD and I go, what are they talking about? I can't do a last show on EBN. I've been here 22 and a half years. He's like, well, they just don't want the listeners to like shift. I was like, well, the idea of me going over there to bring some of our listeners over there. I was like, I'm working a complete opposite shift. I don't know. Just don't want you to do it. So I was like, that, that irritated me, but I was like, fine. And, uh, so then Tracy and I, uh, we never hit it off at all. Honestly. Really? Yeah. 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 He's a, he's a different cat altogether. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm not going to badmouth the guy, but we just weren't the same person at all. Yeah. Yeah. So now you got Rocky in there with you. Mm-hmm. So Tracy, he he obviously didn't grow up listening to you because he wasn't uh-uh. from here. I mean, no, his no. time, even his playing time here wasn't that long. Correct. But, so what's that like having a guy in the studio with you, you know, who, who, who followed the, you your whole career, yeah. so, so to speak? Oh, with Rocky, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's much, you know, he's he's a good guy, you know. I mean, he, see, Tracy was like, he was, he was an oddball. And I will tell you this, and this is no, I'm not stroking myself here, but he would, he was like jealous because everybody knew who I was. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, sense. I mean, like, you, you got some people, people listening to me for, you know, counting 96 Rock. 25 years. Yeah. That morning radio, guess what? People yeah. tend to know who you are. And tra- and that irritated the hell out of Tracy. And I was like, dude, let it go. We're a team now. And, you should have uh, said, I played, you didn't. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he had nerve enough to go on the air one day and go, you know, I don't know how you got this show. You're not really qualified. And I go, what? <laughs> And uh, he honestly said this on the radio. It, it, wasn't, wasn't, a it wasn't a no. character? Uh-uh. This just came out of nowhere. Oh, and I God. go, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't know if you're qualified for this gig or not. I go, you played baseball. <laughs> like, I've been on radio for... And that's in quotes. I've been, yeah. right, I've been on radio for 30 years. What the hell are you talking about? And so that, that was just typical of what we did. But then to switch over to Rocky... He did grow up listening to me and all that, but we got through that real quick. Yeah. I mean, once he sees that um, you're a normal... It's like I'm sure he played professional football, for God's sake. So, you know, you see Peyton... He played with Peyton Manning, for you know. And uh, so I'm sure going into that gig, he thought, wow, Peyton Manning, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, obviously on a much lower scale, but he thought, this is going to be cool working with Eddie Fingers. Well, then he found out immediately that I'm a normal person, that yeah. we're all normal people. You know, he the same thing with him getting to know Willie and McConnell and so on, you know. And once you realize that everybody on the radio is normal, then you can just get beyond it. Now, he and I are just friends who sit around and, you know, just shoot the crap and, you know, and talk about everything. It's fun. You know, there's no animosity whatsoever, and it makes it real easy. And do you do you enjoy? I don't, I don't know how to say this. Do you enjoy like what you're doing now at this time in your life? Is because it's a a better fit for who you are. Like you don't have to pretend to be like. Oh yeah, yeah I'm yeah, out yeah. at the bars every night for sure. You know, Absolutely, like a, a kid. Like yeah. You can, 
Well, and I can talk about my marriage. I can talk about my kids. And, you know, you don't have to hide from it. That's how I feel with, like, you know, somebody offers me a college gig or something. I'm like, right. I gotta go fake, like, hey, I'm one of you guys. <laughs> right, yeah. Bit, you know, I'd rather be. <laughs> right, exactly. I'd rather be on yeah. the radio or, or the show with other dads. Well, know? that's, and and that's the thing. I, I, You know, you can't pretend that you're not, you know, people, listeners see through that immediately. You know, you can't go in there and fake stuff like that. I mean, just be, be who you are. And that's the way I've always wanted to do radio, you know? I mean, like I said, the whole crazy angle was just. I mean, that was an act, but it was a good act. (laughs) (laughs) It worked, man. I mean, it's just just legendary. Um, Well, thank you. What, uh, who did you have on the show or who have you gotten to meet in your time in this career that was like, you're like, wow, it's like, do you ever pinch yourself with like, man, I'm hanging out with so-and-so or I just got off the phone with so-and-so? Oh, yeah. Oh, on the phone, I've interviewed Jagger. Um, wow. We had uh, Robert Plant. I interviewed Jimmy Carter one time. That was pretty cool. Wow. When he was uh, president or after? It was after, yeah. Was, well, he'd written, you know, he's written several books, so it was yeah. after that. George, George Stephanopoulos, which was fun. Uh, Johnny Cochran, after, after the OJ trial. And uh, <laughs> I, that, that, the whole OJ thing really just irritated the hell out of me. I was like, this guy just got away with murder. I mean, come <laughs> on now. This is ridiculous. So we had Johnny Cochran in the studio. Oh, he's in the studio. Yeah, yeah. He'd just written a book. Oh. And uh, I'm sitting there really just... And he was a nice guy. He's charming as hell. And, you know, what you saw on TV is sure. exactly Johnny Cochran. So after we got off the air... I shook his hand and I said, you know, it was, uh, it was great to meet you. And I said, but, you know, I can't decide whether or not to shake your hand or smack you upside the head. <laughs> and he goes, I get that a lot. <laughs> I bet. Um, we both laughed, but that's kind of the way I felt. I wasn't going to lie to the guy. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. And in the studio, you know, I had um, Mellencamp and Frampton came in one day and you know, that's when I was in high school. Comes Alive had just come out. And yeah. We used to, we wore the grooves out of that thing. And he came in and brought his guitar and he sat there and did Baby I Love Your Way. And I I, I sounded like a little girl. I <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's funny, though, that the way that that, you know, you can't help that stuff. No, man. I, I've said it on here before, like. I've met A-list celebrities, yeah. and I've been more comfortable around them than Ron Oster. Right. Because there's just something about, oh, like... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're on, you had a poster of you on my wall, you yeah. know? like Yeah. we. Uh, I got to play golf with P&R Harnish and Danny Graves one time. And that was a, that was a great experience. I mean, he is... He was one of the funniest guys ever. I heard that. I've never. I never real. Met him. He was on the show for a little bit, and uh, he was great. Graves has become a buddy of mine, but yeah, I never. Oh, uh, he Harnish. ask uh, ask Graves about Harnish. Harnish would eat him up <laughs> <laughs> because Harnish kind of took him under his wing because that's when he was a pup, and we were on that golf course, man. And Harnish was wouldn't let up. That was that's like great. damn. So. How long are you going to keep doing this? You know, I'm now that I'm having fun again, I'm going to do it a while longer. You know, I, I still got, well, I still got two kids in college. <laughs> <laughs> I still got a good five years in me, and uh, then after that, I'm going to see what happens. But, you know, like I said, I'm comfortable with Rocky. I have a good time going into work every day, and as long as that's happening, you know. I mean, yeah, I got to say, it's it, the effort into doing these shows is is pretty strenuous. I mean, I mean, I've said it on there before. I was like, it sounds like we're not do. I know it sounds like we're not doing any show prep, <laughs> but for this three hour show, I mean, literally, if you add it up all the time, I'm probably putting five hours into it just to collect all this info that basically becomes disposable, but at least you got it at your fingertips, you know? Yeah. Do you miss playing the rock and roll? No. I, I, an interesting thing happened to me one day. Let me share this. This is, this was, I don't know, four or five years ago, and I'm 
driving down the road and I just had on, you know, one of the oldie stations and uh, kind of low in the background and Sweet Home Alabama came on, which I probably played on the radio about 17,000 times in my life. And I thought, oh God, there's that song again. And I go, and I I call bull on myself and I go, no, wait a minute, turn this up. So I cranked it up and I'm just like singing along to it. I'm like, well, you know, just because I've heard it a lot doesn't mean it's not a great freaking song. Yeah. And, you know, because it just you heard the same music over and over and over again that you get tired of it and therefore you start to resent it almost. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I was like, you know, let that thought go and enjoy the music for what it is. But to answer your question, I mean, do I listen to EBN and, and stuff like that? No. I tend, well, it's like GRR right now. If you listen to them, they're EBN's old format. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Their format is almost song for song from 1985 at EBN. That's crazy. So, yeah, that takes me back. But, you know, I mean, I can't listen to, like, 96 Rock or EBN anymore because I just don't like the new music. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, for sure. It's too much noise for me. Do you, do you, uh, that's so funny you say that. Cause I feel like I'm becoming that, like, you kids don't yeah. know what music is. And I'm like, I just don't like right. finding new bands ba- though. Ba- right. got uh, I do too. Younger, <laughs> than, younger than you, older than you, but yeah. Like, no, I, I like a lot of new bands. I like finding. Vampire Weekend, 1975, yeah. the vaccines. I mean, yeah, it's, it's finding the music that, that appeals to you though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when yeah. just the random stuff, well, like, um, that's the reason I miss NKU because I got turned on to oh, a lot yeah, of new yeah. music from, from those guys. What is in the chart these days, though? There's a lot of sameness to it. Right. It's exactly. a lot of like, yeah. and I love when a DJ and gets a singer to sing a song on that. That's cool. But mm. it's a lot of like uh, uh, rapping verses and sung choruses, right. and that yeah, and that's okay. It's fine to have some of that in the chart, but let's let's mix it up a little bit like we had in the '80s, guys. Well, it's like I said when I was talking about college radio, how we would play, yeah, you yeah. know. You played Nugent next to the Osmond Brothers. Yep. If it, you know, yeah. if it was hot at the time, yep. shoot, play it. Yep. So yeah, I would love to, and I and I've thought about that. After the at the end of this run, I wouldn't mind working at a station that did that, you know, that did like NKU. Yeah. And you played newish music mixed with old music. I mean, like radio used to be. Yep. I don't want a playlist. I want to go in there and play what I'm feeling that second. I want to go pull albums Take and all requests. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah God forbid. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, you go in there and you people can tell your mood when you're on the air. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. They yeah. should be able to. So but, that's what it is. You know, and I've, I've said this before. I just, I feel like that's the one thing that, that you can't replace in local radio. You know what I mean? Like any station that just plays music, people are getting that on their Spotify, Pandora, or iTunes, or you know what I mean? And the ratings are are proving that out. So, like, you deliver the one thing that we can only get by listening to the radio, and it's like a personality with local opinions, and you know, that. Well, that's a reason I, I can't source that out to another city, like. Right. And I just wish more stations would figure that out. Well, that's the thing. They There's a thing called, and you guys know uh, both know what it is, but voice tracking is mm-hmm. basically people, uh, a lot of times you're listening to the radio and that person did that show maybe two days ago. Who what knows? our friend Pat Berry does now. Who, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? He loves it. <laughs> yeah. He can't get enough of it. I mean, some there's some people who are on EBN who go in and they're on all weekend but they're actually recording that stuff. It takes them half hour, 45 minutes to record two days worth of shows. Yeah. Well, that's not what local radio is, man. I just, you know, I totally disagree with that. I mean, and also people are like, oh, the jocks aren't as good as they used to be. Well, you know why? Because we're not developing talent. You know, when I first started out, I was doing, I loved doing overnights because A, I knew nobody was listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> and B, that meant I could just try new stuff and yeah. new approaches and techniques. Yeah. So like you learn how to do it. Mo Mo Egger talks very fondly of just being the produced, you know, producer of just setting up equipment at live shows and stuff, just soaking it all in. And yep. you can tell that he can't like he learned how to do it from watching right. the pros do it, not just 
right. you know, thrown in there. And I remember when Mo came to the station. Yeah, he was, I believe he was interning for Jim Scott. Yep. Fresh out of UD. Yep. There you go. There in my, my homestead. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate the time, and it's uh, it's always good to hang out with you. Um, are you, I know you're on Facebook. Yep. Any other social media or ways people can... Uh, now, I, I you. have two Obviously, Facebook. afternoons on WLW. Yeah, I have two Facebook accounts. I've got a station one and a personal one. And I just haven't been that active on it. I mean, I, they keep hounding me to do it. And I have a, a, I have a couple of Twitter accounts, but I'm not active on them. Um, but I, I think I'm going to pick up the pace on that stuff. And God, I wish that more Instagram accessible. existed when you when you were there. <laughs> oh, dumb. God. Good Lord. You would <laughs> yeah, have yeah, yeah. 7 million followers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Just on that pregnant bikini contest alone. Yeah, Lord, that's the, those images are burned in my brain <laughs> for the rest of my life. Um, and then uh, what? What? What time do you go on every day? Three. Three o'clock. Yeah, three to six. It's so great, it's so great to still have you on well, the air, it's, man. It's great to still be on there, man. There's been a couple of bumps in the road, but it's uh, it's it's great to still be here. We ask our guests to give us a word that will be used as a coupon until the next episode comes out. So if you had to pick a a word that people could use to save a little money on our website, what would you pick? Let's go with skanky. <laughs> yeah, that, re- that reminds me of some, some of the stuff we talked about from the old it. days. <laughs> skanky. Yeah. So if you uh, type in skanky, uh, S <laughs> K A N K Y. Standard spelling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, uh, um, just like in the Oxford you will, Dictionary. <laughs> you will save 20% on your order until the next episode comes out. You can also stop by any of our stores Hyde Park, Over the Rhine, or Loveland, and uh, mention the word skanky and film the response you get from whoever's working the store that day when you say that, but it will. <laughs> It will save you 20%. Um, please continue to support uh, this man. He, uh, he's he been kind to me since the day that I met him. And that means something, you know, to be somebody. In, well, it's, it's in, easy to be nice to someone who's, who is cool. And well, you are, you've always been cool. Well, I appreciate that because, you know, usually, you know, especially at that point in your career, you always feel like you're just, you know, in the way, especially around... Well, once you came over to the party and ate all the pumpkin pie, then you were a buddy of mine. <laughs> um, but no, thanks for being on the show. And my uh, pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time on the Cincy Shirts Podcast. Pumpkin, pumpkin, you're gonna kill me. Pumpkin, pumpkin, la, 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 pumpkin, pumpkin, need you to fail me. fingers a lot of those stories i knew some of them i'd heard of uh some were before my time but it's nice when you can have the uh, gaps filled in as it were so hopefully uh that worked out for you folks as well now if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast just drop us an email podcast at cincy shirts and put podcast guest in the subject line and then tell us who you'd like to hear on the show maybe tell us a little bit about them if uh, they're not a big name celebrity or whatnot but we like to talk to anybody who's got an interesting story we would love to hear from be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the Tri-State. As always, if you haven't already, please go back and plunder the Cincy Shirts podcast archives. 91 episodes back there. Uh, I think you'll dig them all, to be quite honest. Uh, today's show is produced by me, with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find all of their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Lots of defunct sports teams, old radio stations, uh, shopping centers, restaurants. It's like Cincy Shirts, except for those towns. And again, the promo code for this episode is SKANKY, all lowercase, all uppercase, so you can mix and match upper and lowercase. It doesn't matter. It'll still work the same way. And you can use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Or you can come into one of our brick-and-mortar or you can come into one of our brick-and-mortar stores in OTR, Hyde Park, 
or Loveland, and you can say the code, and they will give you 20% off. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest in Z-Shirts news. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from, and as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye. I wish I said goodbye.